0: I don't have room for plastic crap. And he goes and orders the (laughs) Amiibos.
1: The RNA. Still in their original
0: packaging.
2: This guy.
0: (laughs) This fucking guy.
3: Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Nathan Hennessy.
1: Hi, hey, hello.
3: James Wood. Howdy, gamers. And Adam Ryan. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. How are we all today?
1: So bloody good. How are you, Miss On this Zach?
3: Valentine's Day. Oh, oh mate, I, love is in the air, mate.
2: Yeah. Rules, would you rather be on Valentine's Day night That's than
3: it. hanging
1: out with the lads? We're done, boys. Lads. Did you get flowers?
3: No, but I sent flowers. They are fucking expensive, man.
1: Mate, today's, they are, today's right? when they've got to make their uh, <laughs> their worth all in one day. Like
3: triple figures.
1: Bloody oath. Fuck that noise. Mate, you're in a yeah. nice neighbourhood. Why didn't you get the fucking clippers out? Run around the block 15 <laughs> minutes, you're good. <laughs> he laughs be uh, nice. I'm right. True. No, I actually,
3: made, I shouldn't have gone roses. I thought roses was the safe option, and I, I know that she prefers other flowers. But I was like, eh, I don't know which ones, man. They just, they all look like fucking flowers to me. You know what I mean?
1: Like, I wonder if she likes a tulip. there's you can do a lot with a tulip. Tulips um, are a classy flower.
3: Mm-hmm. But yeah, she got ten roses.
0: So. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. All right. Uh, three figures. There. Three figures for ten roses.
1: You, you uh, what? I mean, bloody oath, mate. G- Gold mm. standard, Zach Jackson.
3: Mm. Look, it spent. It took a good like couple of hours to find a place, and there was one place that was actually a little bit cheaper. Actually, no, we would have been the ex- exact same. Sorry, yeah, but it was a thirty dollars delivery fee, and I'm like, I am not paying someone even if I, I would rather buy something more expensive than pay someone a thirty dollars delivery fee. Because all the, all the other fees were like $15, you know, like $12 for delivery. I was like, I'm not paying someone 30 bucks.
1: If they'd somehow incorporated half of that cost into their flower cost, would you have considered it?
3: Well, did I did. That's exactly what I did.
1: You just thought it was very brazen. How dare they ask that much? It's pushing. It was
3: actually, well, that was for six flowers. Six flowers for $70 and $30 delivery.
1: I see where your thought process is going. So then
3: I went to like, well, I can get... Ten flowers for eighty-five dollars. No, yeah. I just buy a fucking house plant. I know, right? Like,
0: <laughs> get her a ficus. Anyway, anyway a great hours, eh? for the rest of your life. Yeah, man.
3: What did what did you do for Valentine's Day? Or was it just me.
0: Oh, go, Adam. I did fuck all. We 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 don't do Valentine's Day specifically for that reason because it's expensive. So I made key dinner, but I do that most nights. So nothing, nothing, Which mate. Make? Uh, I made co- uh, cold soba noodles and stir-fried beef and some
3: broccolini. It was delicious. you like, nice was smooth. it beef?
0: Hmm. It was be- nice.
3: th- beef? Nice. Beef. Uh, very nice, very nice. Nathan, you? Ooh,
1: yeah, I can't really talk shit because I didn't do nothing. We didn't really. Yeah, I, I probably fucked up. I like that <laughs> though. I like
3: that. <laughs> no, I like I agree. I actually agree with Adam. I would prefer not to celebrate it. I think it's uh, an absolute load of wank.
1: Like like April dropped it on me halfway through the day. I was like, "Fuck!" Can I just play this off with a joke? Because I'm empty-handed and <laughs> I'm not about to get off the couch today. So <laughs> and she bought me macaroons. I'm like, "Cheers." I mean, she's she's having to sleep right now, so she doesn't know. But I already fucking ate them. All. I didn't leave none. I'm a fucking piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's about to drop a C word, but uh, oh. again, I've like me, I'm too lazy to bother even <laughs> editing that out. So, you know, I'll I sense love, it
0: myself. I love how prior to recording, you're like, oh, stomach's feeling a bit funny. And it's, oh. you've <laughs> eaten fucking a whole thing of macaroons. Yeah. The I'm mystery, real... what, what <laughs> it could it have been.
1: <laughs> you're not allowed to use this on me. Only April's allowed to use this against me mm. every fucking day. God no, damn
3: I did get a gift. It wasn't from Anna. It was from my good friend, Don Brocco. Now, do you know who Don Brocco is? Adam knows because know. I've shown him the, <laughs> the band before. James would love it, not it, it is an absolute bloke energy bloke band. Like, it
2: sounds like a bloke thing. I yeah. really
3: want you to watch. I think you might actually even like them, but they are very like blokey. Not, yeah, like, I think you just have to see it. Like, But uh, they announced that they're coming to Australia on in May. So I'm very, very excited. Happy Valentine's
2: to, to all the blokes out there.
3: That's it, mate. <laughs> Woo! Tickets on You're sale excited. yet, mate? <laughs> to the Don Brock February twenty first, mate.
0: Mm, Got to be 170.
3: in there. One seventy. Russell, do it. Fly over, mate. You'll love it. Oh,
0: no, absolutely not. Well, I'm excited for you. Only, only,
3: only fly over for, no, I'm not going to say that because I, I like Nickelback and I can't attack someone else's music choices. Let's move on. Good man. He, he's so, learning. Uh let's talk video games, eh? Who has actually played a game in the past week? Because I've played fuck all.
1: Played one. Only one, just a little one. A little, hot little Nintendo number called Metroid Prime Remastered. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, little, you know, little, little extra that snuck out of the kids' meal last week.
0: <laughs> did you, uh, did you play it the kids' meal? Fuck, that's good. Did you, did you play the original? What was it back uh, on GameCube? I've... I've dabbled in the original on oh,
1: GameCube? Yeah, yeah, GameCube. Yeah, yeah, 2002 yeah. 2002 GameCube release. Oh, it was way older than that. Okay, well, there you go. So it's, all, it's like it's like 20, old, 21 right? years old.
3: Yeah, yeah, GameCube's not like that old. Like I'm talking like Super Nintendo kind of shit.
0: You're thinking of yeah. Metroid.
3: Yeah. Like, well, man, uh, you know, Super Metroid. I grew out of yeah, Nintendo man,
1: when I was yeah. seven. So yeah, you grew a healthy time. Yeah. Uh, I'm always tickled when he goes down that route, but yeah. So no, it's it's real neat. Um, doesn't doesn't feel like a 21 year old game outside of some backtracking and like a checkpointed, like a, a very sparse checkpointed save system. Outside of those two, I mean the re- the effort they put into the remaster graphically is brilliant. It's full of particle effects. They've redesigned all the enemies and environments. It looks really really nice. I'm not quite sure what kind of engine they're running it in, but it does look very modern. Uh, still still plays reasonably modern. Like I, I still think Metroid Prime kicks about as well as a lot of first-person shooters out there today that have like exploration and puzzle elements. It's a real tight little game. Uh, which,
2: uh, which control method are you going with?
1: I just left it at default, so I can't answer okay. that. But I must say I love how they've translated the controls to Switch, with one exception – uh, one of the abilities requires you to hold both the R2 and R1 buttons together, and typically I just like to have one index finger doing the shoulder work. Uh, so that's my little complaint there. But oh, it's... don't be lazy! Get both fingers up there, mate. Get get that claw grip up there. Start getting ready for Armored Core. Yeah, probably should I. Eh?
3: Nice. How much? <laughs> that's it's actually quite cheap too, isn't it?
1: Uh no, <laughs> sixty bucks. No.
3: Well. That's, um, not, that's not cheap
1: wait 60 digitally yeah oh i mean that's that's a full that's, that's, that's a full price were. that's a full price new release from nintendo or 69 is a full price new release from nintendo
3: but uh, is this just one game
1: this is one game oh, okay. a 20, one, 21 21 oh. year old game that has kind of had some added fidelity but it's not like a top to bottom new release sort of thing i was it's, happy to it's, pay, it's pay not that been rebuilt No. not
3: uh, Metroid Prime Part 1, is it?
1: No, no, no. I mean, that's... I've got nothing (laughs) to Nothing ever could be. (laughs) Yeah, mate. It's a bloody good time.
3: Well, I'm happy for everyone that's enjoying playing it. shout out to you.
1: There's dozens of us, mate.
3: I know. There's lots of people. People love that. I knew of the title, just didn't know that it was that young.
1: Mm. That young. It was older. 21 years young.
3: Mm. Hmm. can only just drink in the US. There you go.
1: There you go. I come here here for the winning trivia. (laughs) That's it.
3: Adam, what have you been up to?
0: Not much, mate. I've been away from the house for most of the last week, so I haven't had the, the chance to really play much of anything. did a bit of board gaming, but I know that doesn't really tickle your pickle. A great deal. Um yeah, v- pretty pretty quiet on my front as far as the the gaming's
3: concerned. Not much to report. Nice. Nathan uh James?
2: Uh just just content from me this week. No no free time for gaming unfortunately.
3: It's, you
2: know. Yeah.
3: Well, let's move straight into the content then. Uh Nathan, you wanna Go for it. We'll go, we'll go James. James, okay. let's hear your voice.
2: Yeah. All right. Let's 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 do it. Um. All right. So, yeah, I've been reviewing Wild Hearts. Uh, this comes for us from Omega Force, which is a subsidiary of Koei Tecmo, and they've partnered with EA Originals, of, of all people. Um, this is effectively... I guess like the, the the elevator pitch is a more approachable action orientated monster hunter game. Um, so it's a fantasy world inspired by feudal Japan by the name of Azuma. Um, this is a country that has experienced some sort of uh, civil war. I think is is what I've sort of gleaned from the the narrative here. But you are effectively playing a nameless hunter that you get to fully customize with an incredible character creator. Um, And you are thrust out into this world in search of purpose in a post-war world. Um, There's a, a sort of running theme throughout the game that, you know, people aren't quite sure what to do with themselves and the tools of their world anymore without the overarching political systems and yada yada. It's... Interesting, but it's it's a lot of surface level stuff, uh, which is, you know, surrounding the, the core of this, which is you are hunting big fuck off monsters. Uh, these things are called the k- kimono. Uh, they are essentially imagined giant real world creatures. So you've got giant rat, giant bird, giant monkey, that kind of thing. But they've been infused with, uh, seasonal and elemental magic that has run amok in this world. So, uh, one of the first bosses that you fight is this big rat and it has this like, uh, Sakura tree growing out of its face, um. Um, and when they do massive attacks they also cause like massive trees to spring up out of the ground randomly that they can use in advantage against you in a fight it's all very much themed around the idea that um, the natural balance of this world has been tilted somehow. Uh, and in and because of that, a lot of the animal life and the wildlife has been infected by essentially too much nature. Um, and so you team up with a small group of, you know, charming, relatively likable characters out of a, a hub city called Minato, I believe. Um, and you are set off into five different, uh, like, island hub areas so it's not an open world game it's an open zone game again which is um you know i think something that we're seeing a bit more in uh triple a titles where the open world is maybe a bit overwhelming and a bit too much as, as a design idea so now you've just got smaller open worlds that you can explore to your heart's content but they are you know individualized um instances let's say so you know that that's basically it. You know, you head out, you, you fight the monsters. Um, you'd be forgiven for thinking it's it's oh, it's just this this is their monster hunter game. What they've done to sort of differentiate themselves here is introduce this concept called the the karak- karakuri, which is um, like a real-time magic uh, arm thing that you've got that can spring up uh, a bunch of these like really intricate wooden creations and these things range from basic blocks that you can climb up uh, springboards to bounce around a fight during uh, and then you can do um, transportation ones uh, so you've got like a, a glider that you can build you've got like a, a massive like hook shot thing you can put one spot on the ground fire it you know as far across the map as you can actually physically see and then just slide along that rope to get to wherever you need to go to um, and then just during battle as well. You can also use them to form giant hammers that spring out of the ground and and hit these monsters for massive damage traps to, uh, you know, entangle the monsters and slow them down. A lot of different ways that you can use these things. Um, and introducing that element into it has really differentiated this from Monster Hunter for me because Monster Hunter is like a really great franchise in its own right. I respect it quite a bit, but I do find it impenetrable at times. And what Wild Hearts has managed to do with this first outing is great core mechanic with this uh, Karakuri stuff. And then on top of that, it plays to me as a FromSoft fan, almost like a FromSoft title. This is very much an action video game. Um, you get about, I think, 10 different weapons you can choose from with these like incredibly big upgrade trees that you can go down. Uh, you can lock onto animals, uh, which you can't do in Monster Hunter apparently, uh, which I've, I've learned today. Um, and it's just, it plays like a, a really solid third-person action game. Movement is really tight, combat is really tight. Um and yeah, that that's essentially what we're what we're looking at here. I adore it. Um it is it's approachable. It is difficult. I'll definitely say that from from the get-go here. Like this is meant to be played in co-op, I think, is is the general concept here. Uh, because these monsters have huge health pools and they will they will beat you into the ground at a moment's notice. Um, you will be relying on iframes a lot. It's a lot of very like twitchy gameplay. You've got to be in the game, when you're playing the game, um, you know it's primarily these big hunts as well. There are smaller monsters that you can hunt, but there isn't really much point to it. So, you, like every time you sit down to play Wild Hearts, you're going to have to be tensely playing Wild Hearts, um, and that's you know that can be a good or a bad thing depending on the player. I personally loved it. It was like the the rush of beating a Dark Souls boss was given to me every single time I took down one of these creatures, um, and that you know if you know that feeling, it's a great feeling. So, really enjoyed that element of it. Something else that I enjoy that I think differentiates it from the genre is that you aren't forced to take a violent option in this world. Um, you know, something I really appreciate is when video games go beyond violence as their primary language, and while you do have to hunt the big monsters, uh, if you need materials or collectibles and stuff from the smaller monsters that exist in the world, you don't have to ever lay a finger on them. You can just sneak around the map, Uh, you know as long as you sneak up behind them and they don't see you you get the option to either like slay or pray uh, or pat i think is what the two triggers that come up for you so obviously you can kill them if you want to but you can also just activate this really sweet pat animation where the monster like coos nestles into you you give it a quick pat it gives a shake runs off into the bushes it disappears so you don't get the option to kill it anymore but it still drops the collectibles and materials that you would have gotten from killing the animal in the first place um, small thing, just a small thematic thing that I really appreciate. That I think uh, makes this one pretty special. Um, great presentation, great art direction on the PS5. I will say the HDR is a little busted. If anybody here played, um, was it Stranger of Paradise, and you saw the way HDR worked in that game, where it's just this like massive bloom hitting you in the face constantly, um, that's that's what you're looking at here. So it is a bit of a a wobbly one there i would say but performance has been really good other than that um story is okay uh the the character writing gets a bit it's it's a bit surface level you know it's a lot of like they are you know just saying the things that they're feeling there isn't really much depth going on but it's a likeable enough cast there's enough attention paid to uh motivations and to specific you know stories that you'll be following along with these characters nothing that you're going to like jump up and down about but it's enough of a reason for you to go back out into the world and to hunt things uh, and I guess finally, speaking of the world itself, um, the environments they you get to explore are really varied and you know aesthetically gorgeous. I think one of my favorites you hit about mid-game where you've been exploring these mostly natural environments and then suddenly the majority of this next island that you get to is a like a fallen city. And just exploring the streets of that thing, climbing its buildings, fighting monsters inside of that setting was really unique and interesting to me. And um, yeah, good shit. Anyone have any questions about Wild Hearts?
3: I have a couple. Um... Go for it. So the first one is how long is this game from start to credits? It's going to be a
2: skill thing, basically, is what you're looking at there. So uh, the story, um, anywhere between 15 to 30 hours, um, just because there are some pretty big uh, difficulty gates, I would say, Um, which is, again, is why the co-op matters a lot here.
3: Did you have access to co-op in the... Yes. Yeah.
2: Um, Seamlessly Um, worked. Uh,
3: But how many players?
2: Just two? I think you can get up to... three other players with you. Um, so that's that's good because, again, those health bars are pretty big. The way co-op works is very similar to Dark Souls in that, you know, you, you see a boss in its arena, bring up your menu, say request help, right? So you ping the server that you're on that you are looking for help for this boss. And then other players, which you can also do in turn, there are a bunch of these little, um, like, In interworld gates uh littered throughout the world that you go up to them you can say join an online instance and it will list everybody and all the bosses that they're fighting looking for help for you can pick one you jump in and do it um i've received help i've given help very easily it's it's seamless
3: with the co-op then uh is it only boss fights or is this something that like if you if you and nathan let's say bought the game and yeah start the game could you run through the game together or is it just that boss is a fight?
2: really good question. So like I, I call them boss fights just because I can't help but think of them that way. Um, but they are just giant creatures that exist within the world. So I'm pretty sure as long as you, if you just pinged one of them and said, I want help with this boss or this, this animal, right? pull someone in you don't have to go and do that fight you could just go and do whatever else you want to really once you're in that world um and the the other karakuri like the the stuff you're creating exists across that space as well so you can share things and um yeah so i'd imagine you could just run through this with with somebody
0: else does the instance end once you sorry, no, sorry. zach um no, go, go, go. does that instance end similar to dark souls once you defeat the boss or animal that you pinged
2: Yes. Uh, so the first time you fight these big creatures, um, you're essentially you're sent to these locations on a, on a mission. Um, and once that boss has been defeated, um, the mission wraps up. And so the player disconnects, you go gotcha. back to the, the hub city typically. Cool. Uh,
3: my last question is, are the worlds or the levels or whatever, the zones, mm-hmm. are they all yeah. kind of different themed? Like do we have like a, like, like a snowy kind of one or yeah, are they very yeah. different in, in their design?
2: very traditional biomes in, in that sense. Um, you know, I think that the first one you get is like lush greenery. The second one is a tropical paradise. But what's interesting is that some of the... Um enemies that you fight, because I was talking about that sort of um, nature-based magic that they're all wielding mm. in before. The like beautiful beach island that you go to second, you go there for a later mission, and the ocean has been frozen because there's a giant like ice wolf fucking around on the island. Like it's um, They are adaptive in that sense, and so you do get a bit of mileage out of them. Um, and then the later game sections get very ethereal, I'll, I'll say. Um, you, you get some pretty cool-looking stuff.
0: Cool. I've got one Sweet. kind of broad question i suppose Mm -hmm. i prior to us recording uh, we were having a quick chat about how monster hunter always looked really enticing to me but i always kind of bounced off it because there's just a bit too much going on Mm -hmm. how is the the onboarding experience for wild hearts like if you're brand new to this kind of game you haven't played monster hunter is it going to be really daunting or does it kind of ease you into it well enough where you kind of get the grips of it before it chucks you into the deep end it, it does a pretty good
2: job of easing you in um it's essentially you take monster hunter and you run it through a bit of a sieve. And so you've only got the best parts remaining is sort of what, when I say best parts, that's obviously purely subjective. I know a lot of people really enjoy the kind of overwhelming stat based stuff that goes on in monster hunter. For me, I like a bit more of a straightforward experience that I feel like I can just pick up and play. Um, I think this does a really good job of doing that. You do have things like, you know, um, elemental weakness and damage. Uh, you've got armor sets that you can obviously hunt down animals and, and build up. Um, and same with the upgrade tree on the weapons, but they are pretty straightforward upgrade trees. Uh, Everything is pretty well explained in little tutorial menus and if you missed it, again, you can just go back through the menu. They give a decent enough explanation once you're in there. Um, And I think because the gameplay is so much faster, like if you've ever played Monster Hunter, like it's a very methodical type of experience and this will lock you into certain attacks. Like you do, you can't just button mash. You do have to be very careful about what you do. There's a stamina meter, um, but it is a lot quicker. You're, you're a lot faster on your feet. The, again, those iframes, those little things like that that just make you feel like you're playing more of an action experience. To me, already speak to a game that is much more um, just faster-paced fun than uh, an outright monster hunter would be. And I think that like it's what separates this for me. And I think once they get to Wild Hearts 2, which I really hope they can get to, I think you're dealing with something incredible. This is just very, very, very good, though. I, I did like this a lot. Yeah, nice.
3: So what did you land on score-wise?
2: Uh, we're going with an eight point five.
3: Okay, yeah, very nice. It's
2: cool. it's just shy of a nine. That there's a lot of repeated enemies towards the end of the game. Um, and this again, the story is it it is what it is. Um, you also can't like so if you need like a material for something, you can't track it in the world. You just have to go to you use a memory to find it which you know there'll be a bunch of guides up by the time that everyone else is playing this but um just you know little little quality of life improvements i think that they they'll probably work on for the next one um hold it back from being you know pretty much perfect but like a lot of this is good good stuff
3: how much different is the combat to like a dynasty warriors
2: um i haven't played a dynasty warriors since i was like 12 the i but, don't think so i can't really mash as fuck Button mashing. Okay, then, then, yeah, no, com- completely different. This is this is much more akin to like your your Souls type experience. Um, it's it's a it is a deliberate experience, right? I mean, like you get a lot of flashy animations. A lot of the weapons are very fast and very creative. There's a great umbrella that has a parry. You can parry a monkey swinging its giant lava ball at you for some reason. It's it's just good cartoonish shit. Um, but you will be paying attention to the buttons you're hitting. You can't just swing away.
3: This is going to be. Worded in like a mean way, but it's not, it's not. It's not. It's not a mean question. Are you surprised that this quality of game, let's go with that, came from right. someone like Tecmo, uh, Koei Tecmo?
2: Um, it's interesting because I was just now looking up the what Koei Tecmo is sort of known Correct. for at the moment. I guess that's why you're asking about Dynasty Warriors now that I see that on the uh, the old page there. And they um, do, but like, you know, they're dead also
3: alive, got which I love, by the way, and they do like Dead or Alive.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know. Like, I, I don't want to say anything to be mean or or imply anything there. No, it, um, it wasn't,
3: I didn't mean it in like a mean way. But it just... no, um,
2: no, no. I, I I sort of get where you're coming from with that. Um, but you know, like you look at Koei Tecmo and you look at like the teams within it, right? So like Team Ninja is also floating around within that company, and like they they produce these like really great action experiences. Um, so I guess in that sense, I'm not too surprised this has come from them. Um, but I do think that um, it's it's a really big win for them um and and for ea originals uh, as well this is a, a great choice of investment that they've made here um and i think it, it should have some legs on it
3: i think the ea originals have been pretty much bangers most of the time from from memory um right they it's also i
2: mean it's just good to see like you know international collaboration really um
3: yeah like the old uh, third party you know big uh, publisher partnering with a third party hmm. to developer it's good to uh, yeah
1: good to it's see a, it's a team up <clears throat> it's a team up i never would have guessed yeah truly Working like omega force they do a very specific thing they do very flashy arguably shallow action games this kind of seems like the antithesis of that
3: mm.
2: yes I, I would not call this shallow at all um it's it's definitely prioritizes i think a sense of fun um but without sacrificing some depth If if you want to engage with that depth largely if you just want to play this as an action game you could probably get through it that way too
3: was it takes two right.
0: under the same EA umbrella?
3: Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking, mm-hmm. looking now. Just you got Lost in Random, which we gave a very high score. I think yeah. reviewed that one. Mm-hmm. It takes Indeed. two. Was that KV as well? No, I don't think it was. You anyway, know, we scored that highly. Uh, sea of Solitude, uh, Rocket Arena, which I've never heard of. Uh, Unravel Two, A Way Out, Fee, I think is what you call it. Yeah. yeah, and Unravel. Yeah,
0: damn. What a what an interesting little collection of games that you never would have assumed mm-hmm. EA would have anything
1: then, to do with and then wild hearts just bang on top
2: yeah, yeah just just why sliding not? in there to be like yeah sure why not <laughs> odd assault, yeah and like it's good to see i think a challenge to monster hunters uh dominance of the genre right like i understand like it is a genre pretty much onto itself in the way that sort of um the you know the, the bloodborne from soft experience often is um but it i think it's good that we have someone out there who is attempting a, a more approachable version of it
3: hmm. Anybody gonna check this out when it when it lands? At, I will At now. some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I wasn't. I was going on the fence, but James. James
1: sold me. Fuck's sake!
3: He's a salesman. <laughs>
2: Someone's
1: got it. <laughs>
3: All right, Nathan, you've been playing like a dragon. Ishin? Ishin? Yeah, 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 yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. Hit it out of the park, my friend. Well done. No worries, mate. Yeah. Uh,
3: let us know all about it. Take it away. But and apparently, uh, if you were like me, it is not a new game. It's actually a an old game that they've brought back. I thought it was a brand new game, but
1: yeah. So fun yeah. little bit of trivia to kick this one off. So this is uh, this is the first time this title has been localized to Japan. This was or is a spin-off of the popular Yakuza franchise, or like a Dragon, or is it Raya Goltoke? I think or something to that effect. Uh, this is a re-release not quite partial remake of a, I think it's a 2013 title it was a PlayStation 4 launch title uh, that came out before Yakuza 0 which was kind of like the pinnacle of that series um, iterative approach to you know putting out a sequel to the same game every year but only slightly tuning it and fine tuning it until it finally hit A kind of perfection point or as much as that series is going to achieve and this is the game we get directly before that so again this is a game that's got uh it's got a lot of the old school yakuza dna in it whilst also going through a bit of a change towards what we now have in the modern uh brawler side of the series as opposed to like a dragon's or Yakuza 7's uh, turn-based GRPG combat. So just a quick rundown with this one. So a lot of the familiar faces we would expect to see from the Yakuza franchise, uh, from games from all the way from 1 through to 4, 5, uh, they all kind of pop in here. Sometimes they've got the same names as their characters in those games. Sometimes they're different. They're kind of analogues for historical figures, and they've just got the same face and voice plastered on and at the first i was a bit puzzled by this i thought that we were probably just seeing yet another yakuza game like the previous five that i'd played you know previous five titles prior to that uh, just telling the same story all over again but in a different setting because this one's now set in like restoration era japan so it's a bit later than their feudal era this is a time where you know guns and gunpowder is as a thing they've got Um, merchants and traders starting to come to their shores it's a little bit of a nervous time for the country it's been tried to be so isolated for so long and we're following uh Kiryu or he goes by a few names in this game uh is his character's name but then he also takes on a few aliases because what happens in this game or rather at the start it's a plot that we've seen many times before in this series uh Uh, (laughs) ryoma is he's in the wrong place at the wrong time a mentor or a friend or someone important in his life has been killed uh he's in the room when people discover that it's happened so there's a bit of uh eyes on him as to if he's caused this and then we're basically on a revenge mission to you know get the person that assassinated our father slash mentor slash Friend, it's it's always it's just a very important figure in each of these games has died at the start in his presence, and now he's off to find out who it was. In doing so, he joins up with the uh, kind of like the military police force that's taken over uh, parts of Japan, the Shinsengumi. They kind of like staged a revolt against the empire and its governance. They've kind of formed their own government. Uh, and they are themselves a analog in the, in the context of this game an analog for the yakuza or organized crime that doesn't just look out for themselves but looks out for the neighbourhood as well a, a pragmatic organized crime so we became a part we become a part of that um, empire. And in doing so, we, we've we joined up because we know that the person or assassin is one of the high-ranking members of this organization, so we spend a lot of time around these characters. Again, they're all notable faces, faces that we would recognize as people that have played through the games, um, but it gets a little bit rote um, because it is still effectively following the same plot points as we're used to in the series, even though this is retelling a semi-historic uh, narrative of... Uh, you know, rise and revolt of this organization and uh, how they go to try and topple the Empire and how that backfires. So we, that kind of whole narrative plays off in the background while we're chasing an assassin. Um, but the city itself is normally one of the highlights of these games. The city that was set in here, it's quite compressed, it's quite compact, and there's not a whole lot to see. It's a very brown. We've got a lot of these sort of dusty streets From this, you know, very old school style Japanese city. A lot of people in sort of dresses and gowns running about. Um, But there's not much to do or say in way of art design. The game itself also is very buggy. Or at least I'm hoping they'll be ironed out by release. There's a few statements that we've received. But um, whenever I was opening and closing out of menus, the game would just sort of hang for 5 to 10 seconds. I'd always start to panic and feel like the game was just going to blue screen and crash. Uh, it never did, but I saw all kinds of bugs with relation to boxes and like dialogue not appearing, um, menus freezing out, characters just phasing in and out of the world or just just their models just flipping upside down and going all kinds of wacky. Um, now just a couple of things there to round out the review. As I said earlier, this is an old school yuccas against this came out before the series sort of changed up its combat style and became a lot more modern. Uh, so it's a very janky combat, uh, you've got to sort of shuffle around, it plays kind of like a really shitty version of Tekken, where you've got light attacks and heavy attacks and a grapple, but it's very stripped back, you've got four combat styles, so you can change between brawling, a swordsman, a swordsman that carries a a gun, or just a a gun-wielding person, um... None of them really have a whole heap of impact because a lot of the game's progression is tied to crafting systems that we haven't really seen in the series before or since. They're very aggressive. It's going to require a lot of grinding in order to level up your weapons and stay competitive in the latter half of the game. So it does have a kind of bottleneck that I found with regards to difficulty. All of a sudden it gets really difficult and leaves you in the dust. Uh, You're going to have to save up a lot of money in-game to spend on crafting items. So the game does kind of run out of steam a bit in the latter half. I'm a little bit concerned that this might be something to do with microtransactions. It has me a little bit nervous based on some hints I've seen in game around uh, some like shortcut item drops. The reason is like this game is way too grindy for what a Yakuza game normally is. Normally you just beat up some dudes, level up, distribute some skill points, power up, fight some more. This game's got a very extensive crafting system built in and there's no... It doesn't really feel like it has any purpose other than to slow the game down. And there's also a lot of loading. Lots and lots of loading, entering, entering and exiting buildings, transitioning between locations. Uh, the game's loading all the time. So it is a bit slow, but... It it's, does everything that the old school Yakuza's do well. It tells a very melodramatic story that you don't have to stay tuned in for. It's still very entertaining. It follows the same beats of all the other games. So it's very, very dramatic. There's a lot of flair. It's a lot of prestige acting in between a lot of cheesy side quests. They're all fantastic. I've played at least half of the side quests. Uh, that was the main draw for the game. Uh, highlight for me on the side quests was one side quest had me investigate a brothel. Someone was out trying to advertise a brothel. He's like, I need some business. I need some business. So I said, I'll give him some business. He's got soft and supple employees that will take care of me. He took me into a room and uh, basically pummeled me with sumo wrestlers (laughs) because sumo wrestlers are soft and supple and they will work out all those knots in your body. They have a special way. What is it? Like he says, like tearing the body apart in the most pleasurable ways. So there's all these kind of fun side quests that only take usually about five minutes to complete. That's why they're one of the big draws of the game. This game gives them obviously that older historical flavor while still keeping them very funny and scandalous. Another one has involves you um, harvesting vegetables to sell to this woman in a red light district because she's just so horny for vegetables. Uh, she's called like the sexy madam and she really wants your big carrot. So you give her a carrot, and then later on you come by and she's just oh she's just lusting after an oversized cucumber and she just can't get enough until she gets a cucumber. So you give her a cucumber. Basically, there's this whole whole side quest chain that plays out about just giving this woman phallic uh, vegetables whilst remaining completely ignorant to anything going on. It's just why does this woman really like vegetables so much? And the game just continues without asking any questions. It's got a lot of charm. It's very old school. Um, I would encourage folks that haven't played the series and like the change of theme, like the samurai and shit, to give this a go, but with a few caveats, it is not very kind to new players, there's a lot that it doesn't teach or explain, Um, yeah, I'm about two chapters out from finishing this game, I think I'm pretty pretty set on my final thoughts, I've got a couple of loose threads to wrap up, but otherwise I'm probably going to give this one an 8, it's just more Yakuza. Like, it's it's just a big, fat Yakuza game set in a different period that does everything Yakuza's always done with pretty much no compromises. So it's impressive from that angle, but um, it's very much one for the fans and one one for the fans of what the series was 10 years ago.
0: Is there a substitute for the little minigame where you can race the little electric cars?
1: Sad to say that came out the following year with Yakuza Zero. Karaoke? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. There's karaoke and there's a few like rhythm games and stuff like that built in. I've definitely spent a little time with them just because they're all amusing. So most of the staples you expect to see in the mini games and side games are here, except from the arcades. We don't have arcades because arcades didn't exist then. Yeah, fair shout that is. But you got like all the gambling halls and shit like that. It, the game is bursting at the seams with content. Like I had to really speed through to, to. I reckon I'll clock the credits in about thirty hours. And I, I would have seen less than half what the game has to offer.
3: Nice. Uh, th- uh, James, no, go please, please, please. Oh, sorry.
2: No, I just had a, a quick question because I know this is obviously a remake of a, a, an older title. Do Do mm. you think that the, sort of the um the shortcomings that you found with the world and stuff are just reflective of of what it was at the time? And do you think maybe that they should have updated some of that uh, if they're going to go to the trouble of remaking it or? Um,
1: Good, good question. So having played all the games, you can see exactly where the DNA of this game fits in, and it kind of it sets about, uh, rather a, a foundation for what we see in Yakuza 0 that kind of perfects all of these systems and all the world and its intricacies. So this game kind of just is a bit of a kitchen sink design where they throw everything at the wall, and the things that stick are the things that make the following game, Yakuza 0, so good, and at least behind mm-hmm. the things that don't stick. And the things that don't stick is... A lot of these repetitive basically it's mostly around the, the crafting system there's a lot of side activities tied to it none of them are particularly interesting and it is kind of necessary if you don't want the game to be like incredibly repetitive in the second half which it can be like the combat everyone's just a, a bullets well yeah just a sponge so it's not as fun so yeah it's, it's just reflective of the older design Like very obviously so for folks that didn't play any of the games older than zero they might bounce off this because it does carry a lot of that baggage fair enough okay
3: all righty uh james i have a question for you yeah because i believe you have played a little bit of dredge
2: oh yeah i have i have played a little bit of dredge um yeah, so Dredge, obviously, we, we've talked about it a fair few times uh, on the the pod. I don't have my notes up. Give me a sec That's so right. I can give a proper shout-out to the the devs and whatnot. Black Salt um, Games. Yeah, Black Salt Games. Um, so New this Zealand, is the... Baby. Sorry? New Zealand. New Zealand, yeah, exactly. Um, this is the the fishing sim game with the Lovecraft bend. Uh, so, you know, you get a... A Resident Evil Four uh, style inventory screen that represents your boat, uh, basically, which you have to factor in things like um, your engine and the things that you're attaching to the side of it, and um, other and stuff like that. Uh, you, you know, you've also like if you catch fish, you got to you got to factor that in as well. You got you can rearrange them. You get a lot of fun uh, measures out of that. Um, I've only played a couple of hours so far, but the you know it's something I like to say a lot on the pod here that the vibes are immaculate. Mm. Um, this thing is a very, very good feeling game. Um, you know, like, it, yes, like the exploration of, of the sort of like uh, Wind Waker-esque open ocean world uh, I think is really good. Um, the, the boat just feels good to control. Fishing is a little mini game. It's um, you know, like a rotating symbol and you have to hit it at certain times to to catch the fish, basically. Um, you know, different symbols based on the depth of the water, the type of fish you're, you're hunting down and whatnot. Um, so that stuff there is 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 good. Um, you know, it, I don't think it's anything more than good. But the the world around it and just kind of getting to be in Dredge um, is is where a lot of the the magic happens, right? Like I think we said when we talked about this at PAX that it's incredible that this game was able to create an atmosphere even on the show floor of PAX. And so you add onto that some some nice mood lighting at home and a good set of headphones. Baby, that is a that is a, a vibe stew cooking right there. Uh, it's it's a <laughs> real good time to to sink into. Um, I haven't seen any of the Lovecraftian stuff yet, I will say, because I've just been enjoying having planet a peaceful safe. time in Dredge, sorry? Planet safe. Planet safe, planet safe. Also just haven't had a chance to play it all that much. Wild Hearts is a, a pretty big game. Um, but yeah, no, th- this is uh, shaping up to be something quite special. I am very excited to see the full release.
3: Yeah, well, I got I got access to it as well, and I because Anna Anna was away for a few days, I was like, right, I'm going to play Dredge for a few hours. I'm going to do this. I'm going to play that. I'm going to hit up Dishonored Two. I'm going to do this. It's going to be wicked. Played nothing. <laughs> so um, I even downloaded the demo for the last case of Benedict Fox on the Steam Next Fest. I was like, yeah, I'll okay. play that before the potty. It's gonna, just check it out. Went to crank it up uh, this afternoon. Steam Steam Next Next Fest is done. Demo doesn't work. Oh,
2: was that one of those time gated ones?
3: Yeah. Damn. Well, I didn't realize it, that it finished today, so that's my bad. Right. But, um,
2: yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm gonna check my demos now because I. I did load what you did. I downloaded a bunch of stuff and like I'll get a chance to get around to this and I just absolutely didn't. But I wanted to yeah. talk about a few of them on the pod, but ew. yeah.
3: Next um, time, right? Eh? Yeah. Next. And that's what they say. Time. Next.
2: Next. Next fest. Hey. Next. Next fest.
3: Yeah. Hey. 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 All right. Shall we hit the news? Oh, how no, Sorry. Let's talk about um, the Nintendo Direct wrap up. We'll kind of burn through this a little little bit faster because it's kind of it's a few days old now. It's probably more than a week old by by the time this comes out. Correct. Um, So we'll talk about anything that someone wants to talk about. Otherwise, we'll just we'll just whip whip through it. But um, started with a trailer for Pikmin Four, I believe. Uh, and that is releasing on July 21, 2023. Do we have any pickheads on the site?
1: The big one left. Uh, Bummer. Okay. We don't speak his name here anymore. No.
3: (laughs) No. Dirty. Um, And then Volume 3 of the Xenoblade Chronicles 3 DLC is coming on February 16th, so that'll be out by the time this potty is out and includes a new character. Uh, Volume 4 later this year. Samba de Amigo Party Central. It's a rhythm game <clears throat> uh, coming with an online party mode uh, with forty songs. Oh, sorry, and forty songs in various genres. Fashion just, Dreamer is a fashion. That's wild to
0: mm-hmm. me, just quickly, that we're getting a Samba de Amigo game in twenty twenty three. That's fucking wild. I know.
1: A game that, based that kind on of...
0: shaking maracas is that's <laughs> crazy.
1: It, it kind of didn't register with me at the time. I was like, I recognise this character, but I don't really care. Wild. Imagine so,
0: HD Rumble, though. Oof. Whoa.
1: Remember HD Rumble?
0: <laughs> yeah. You could feel the ice cubes in your glass.
2: You can. You can, yeah, tilt them. Yeah. yeah.
3: Fashion Dreamer is a fashion designer and customization game coming to Switch in 2023. Game of Dead the Dead Cells is getting some DLC called Dead Cells Return to Castlevania. You play alongside Richter Belmont and Alucard. Uh, March six for that. Tron Identity is a story-driven puzzle game in the Tron universe. Right, if you if you want to talk whatever, you got to stop me. You got to interrupt, baby. I am this. This the, the train good one's stuff.
1: coming up next. Yeah, all worry, stations.
3: Uh, Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Woo!
0: <laughs> that was from DS, yeah.
1: That was from the DS, man. Yeah. That was a bloody good little like 2D investigative murder mystery or supernatural mystery type game with a lot of style. It was a funky little title. I never thought I'd see the light of day ever again. So to see this coming to Switch this year was a big surprise for me. That's cool. It is cool. It's coming
3: it's in very I'm very excited. Uh, Decker Police follows the det- it was next Woo! up and it follows the detective... In a virtual world with a cool anime star releasing this year. Woo! We get more details and a new trailer for Bayonetta Origins. Sh- Kureza?
1: Crickets. Woo! <laughs> 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 yeah. You a fucking notice it. Ceresia. Uh,
0: that game's fucking weird. Why does this exist?
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't know. It looks pretty, but I, I do not have any interest in playing it. I'm still on Bayonetta 1, though. Those games are fucking hard. I'm not really
0: sure who this is for, like outside of diehard Bayonetta fans, which I mean, cool for I them, guess but that's it's kind of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's an odd. Yeah.
3: Coming March 17th, Splatoon 3 got some uh, more. It's getting more content with the Exploon, Exploon, the Splatoon 3 expansion, expansion pass. Uh,. Yep, that's coming. What's well, out now? Shoutouts. Then we've got Disney Illusion Island, is a colorful platforming Mickey Mouse game with an interesting, cartoony art style, releasing on July twenty eighth. Interesting. Uh, surely someone's keen for this. Nah, Someone out there.
1: Surely. No one loves Mickey Mouse.
0: No one in this room.
1: Mickey Mouse is a fucking little racist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no one's uh, topping that.
3: <laughs> Fly emblem engage, expansion pass getting more emblems in pack two. Uh a new story in wave four. Harmony. Fuck this shit goes on forever. Um Woo <laughs> 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 Harmony Fall of the Revier, Have you say that word, it's coming. <laughs> Octopath Traveler Two, <laughs> February twenty four. We <laughs> love Katamari, re-roll, yeah. and Re- 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 reverie again, is that word I can't say, June 2, catch up if you can, Sea of Stars, this is a game I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are very, very mm. keen on, I know that Little Rixie is super fan, uh, super excited for that, I think a bunch of other people as well had that in the... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
1: think yeah. it's looking maybe good. Maybe even Buddy might have, even though it's not his, maybe, maybe he's going to tell me I'm wrong for that, but someone in his circle, I'm sure.
3: It's a turn-based RPG with amazing pixel art and music releasing August 29. A demo is out now, possibly out now if it's still there. Amiga Strikers is a free-to-play multiplayer game. Air Hockey. Oh, baby. Maybe I don't, might need to get a Switch. Atrarian Odyssey? At-
1: Atrarian? Uh, oh. Woohoo!
2: This one I'm, I'm very curious about Nathan's upcoming. Re-
3: I'm, I'm assuming inevitable review of this. It's being remastered for the Switch.
1: These are uh, big games. They're like three games, fifty hours a pop.
3: Coming June first. Advance Wars One Plus Two Reboot. Yes. Finally. Camp what a time It's finally. finally releasing, dropping April twenty one. Kirby Dreamland to return to Dreamland. Wait, what? I said that twice. Kirby Return to Dreamland, Deluxe is getting a new epilogue where he plays Magalore. Uh that comes out on February twenty-four. No, no one. Okay, switch online. Uh, added a bunch of Game Boy shit. Um, you get okay. Tetris. S-
0: skipping over. This is this is probably the biggest part of the the direct that they've uh, added a whole bunch of Game Boy games. But yeah, and Game
1: oh, Boy. I advanced like games. the advanced ones. Game Boy shit. Jesus. <laughs> I knew, Tetris. New columns.
0: Had, someone had had Do we that. People who haven't played um, Legend of Zelda, Legend of Zelda, the Minish Cap. Minish Cap. Absolutely yeah. get around mm. it. The game's fucking um, awesome.
2: That's a Capcom join as well. Yeah. yeah. Really, really strange one, but yeah.
3: Good shit. Tetris is not Columns, so I thank you. Yeah, so then there's Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, DX, Super Mario Land 2, Six Gold Coins, Gargoyles Quest, Game and Watch Gallery 3, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare, Metroid 2, Return of the Seamus, Samus? <laughs> hey, Samus Shames. Is Shames. fucking <laughs> <laughs> excellent.
1: brilliant. <laughs> I don't,
2: you know what? I'm just gonna let's let's derail sure. for a sec. You know what? I don't understand. Right? Is if 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 we insist on on reading all of this out, right? Why not have someone who's got a bit of enthusiasm in their voice for it? Can't you tell? I, he's woo! excited.
0: He's fucking. He's pinging. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Love that, like, one waveform just the whole time. Mate, I've
3: I'm I'm <laughs> got one speed, mate, and it's to the end of it's, this It's hour. go. He's, he's banging
1: <laughs> yeah. through the Happy Meal.
3: If you want to stop me or jump in, please do.
1: Kick,
3: kick me out of the Well, I, I will. I will.
1: So just quickly, Advanced Wars 1 and 2. Wasn't that one of James's predictions? Didn't you mention that? I think, uh, the title came up for your predictions at least. You're like maybe it doesn't come out in 2023. Is that right? Oh, or am yeah. I imagining that?
2: What was that prediction? Let me let me find it. Uh, keep on keep on reading, Mister Go Train.
3: Hmm. Train is hurt. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's limping.
3: Fuck, this paragraph's massive. Uh, more games will be added in the future, including Metroid Fusion, Kirby, Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem, F-Zero, Maximum Velocity, and Golden Sun. Golden
1: Sun. Golden Sun. Golden Sun. Golden Sun. It's not orange juice either.
0: Good on F-Zero fans for finally getting a little bit of F-Zero on their their Switch. <laughs> I feel bad for all four of them.
3: That's all they're getting, yeah. Metro Prime has been remastered, which we've already spoken about. Um... Master Detective Archives Raincoat So you play as baby with a demon ha- that? S- Fuck. Sees you play great. as a detective with a demon haunting him to solve strange incidents alongside other detectives with special skills coming November uh, June thirty. More GameCube games are being remastered for the Switch. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, boy! Batten this K-tos. is what I want yeah, this is the to shit.
1: The winter. Sorry, uh, could you? Could I get another repeat on that pronunciation? I felt like <laughs> that just snuck through a little too quick. Uh,
3: Batten Katos.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good.
3: One and two HD remaster. We've got Fantasy Life is getting a new game. Fantasy Life Eye or One. I think that's. I the that's girl meant to be. Who Steals, steals time. time. What a fucking subtitle. What a fucking title that is. That's it's, how you get in there and get it's it Fantasy done. Fantasy Life I've, Plus Animal I've, Crossing, baby. Can you imagine? What a crossover. Holy <laughs> shit. Professor Layton is back in a brand new game called Professor Layton <laughs> and the World of Steam. Sorry, the New World of Steam. My apologies. <laughs> that was fans. a question there. <laughs> um, Mario yes. Kart A deluxe booster course past DLC. Holy mother of Mario (laughs) uh, is getting a brand new Yoshi's Island course, and Birdo is also returning. Yeah, get around Birdo. Fuck yeah! Birdo. Waves, man. So many waves. Uh, Wave Force Racing in Autumn. Uh, Time for some fast highlights. Wow. Minecraft Legends April eighteen blank blank, which we will have a review up actually now uh
1: are you, are you the one that determined how blank or sorry blank was pronounced no nah, i just said came up with the fucking matt leblanc shit oh that was me actually <laughs> that was you <laughs> 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 i forgot about
3: that <laughs> uh marsh has done a, a, a review list, so that'll be up uh Mega Man battle network legacy collection april 14 have a nice yeah. death march 22 a bunch of letters and e-baseball power rods <laughs> later today <laughs> Disney Dreamlight Valley, New Realm Update, uh, Tales of Symphonia. Remastered Whee! February 17th. That's it, isn't it? Let me wrap it up. Nothing else. Nothing, nothing else <laughs> to talk about, nothing uh, else to think nothing about. Nothing of note. No, No. please, please, t- someone else take, take this, because I know that this is obviously a, a very big game and I have... Uh, you know, I'll say, right. Right.
2: Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom you know this has been marketed for a little while now but i didn't feel it it? until this um now i'm starting to get a little hype
0: um you know what is that reaction adam what's what's going on here i thought we were gonna have a moment but we're not it's all right go on oh fuck no no
2: no no no. breath of the wild is like one of the best games ever made like that thing's magic i'm I'm looking forward to doing another sort of midnight drop of this hopefully playing it till 6 a.m kind of situation um but what we've got going on in this Tears of the Kingdom trailer looks to be kind of like a Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts situation where it seems like that physics engine is now being used to create vehicles, from what I can tell.
0: Hold the fucking phone. Right. You've just said something positive, as in, I'm starting to get hype for this game, and then you compare it to Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts? What the Conceptually, fuck? Conceptually, Nuts uh, there... and Bolts
2: is a fantastic idea.
0: <laughs> get in the bin, James. No. Uh, oh.
2: Grow up. Grow up at him. No, no, I No, look, because it looks as if, right, and this is, I was listening to the Waypoint people talk about it, they did a bit of pretty good trailer analysis, and from what I've gathered is that he's pulled a tire out of the water with his, like, little metal magnetic hook thing, and then we immediately cut to him driving on a car that looks very cobbled together, like a player could make something like that, right? And I just wonder if... You know, the natural next step for this world now is to, in the way that people unofficially did it in the first game by tying balloons and shit to things, now you just get to build a vehicle in this world. Um, you know, that bike that they added in DLC for Breath of the Wild as well, I think also hints at this world having a bit more technology going on in it. I don't know. I This is a weird looking game and I love that we still don't
0: really know anything about it. Good. So you're hoping for like a Hyrule Space Program situation? I would not be mad at it, right? Like, and and that's the thing. I don't think I'm hoping for anything
2: from this, right? Because I I sincerely do not know what 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 they could have been working on for what has it been six years now
1: since Breath of the Wild? At least. Because it was Switch launch. Yeah. So it came out in 2017. That's terrifying. Holy shit. Yeah, isn't it just 2017 or something?
2: That's a fucking long time. Wow. And I. To, to think about what they're doing, especially if the base map that they're using is still Hyrule from the first game, right? So the ground is the ground with a, a couple of additions or changes or whatever. What the fuck is going on in that sky that has taken them this many years to build, right? Are we are we going back to more traditional dungeons? Are, the, are they up there, right? Do we have temples again? Um, what are the other mechanics that worked into that physics engine? It's just to have no idea and to also on top of that, have no idea what's going on with this plot because this trailer has a little bit of plot. It seems like there's another nefarious thing creating chaos in, in Hyrule. I think people are theorizing it is Ganon speaking in the trailer when he's talking about destroying the the land. Shocker. But, you, well, yeah, I know, right? Who could have seen that coming? But Zelda's also like, you know, you've got to lend him your power. And it's like, what does that mean? I, and I, I like this little drip feed of none of this makes any sense, disparate tones, I can't get a grasp on what this game is, and that's cool
0: to me. Is Does the moon still have a face? I haven't played Zelda in a really long time. No. Okay. Can you say in? a really interesting? I nah, just assumed I've, that you were a Zelda fan. Nah, nah
2: I've, I've he, not played he, he Zelda since Twilight, Twilight Princess. Princess. Oh, Princess. oh man, interesting.
3: Do you really
1: do need to, to grow up. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Do you still have a
3: Switch? Hey, Nathan. Oh, sorry, Adam. Do you still do you have a Switch? Did you get one back? <laughs> nah,
0: nah, 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 nah. I got rid of it a long time ago, and I haven't regretted it since. Oh man. Did you get the, did, James, did you, uh, did you fold and get the stupidly expensive collector's edition?
2: No, no, no. I don't do collector's editions. Uh, I don't even plastic yeah. crap in my life like that. Um, I already have a switch, yeah. so, you know.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> like
2: no it's a, it's a it's it's just an aging console at this point i got the oled which is nice but it's it's still a switch at it's hot um no i although i did fold and pre-order the re-released zelda amiibos that i missed the first time so
0: i don't have room for plastic crap and he goes and orders the amiibos
1: <laughs> the rni still in this, their original
0: packaging
2: this
1: guy
0: <laughs> this fucking guy no look look i i'm
2: not much of a consumer i think you know of, of all of us in this party i'm the most like, you know, fuck capitalism, blah, blah, blah. But occasionally something breaks yep. through and I need to spend too much money on a piece of
0: shit. <laughs> nah, we've we've all got our visors, mate. Um, yep. when you you said aging hardware, my thought mm. coming out of this, and I think I put it in our Slack chat, I can't remember, that this direct felt decidedly like Nintendo might have a whole bunch of shit that's almost ready to go, but not quite. Like they've mm. I feel like a lot of the the teams that they have, like the the Mario Odyssey team, and a lot of the, the the teams that did games like five, six years ago, that we've not heard anything from. Like they've got to be mm. doing something, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, we're like thinking the,
2: obviously, that- Metroid Prime Four is is cooking in the background after it got restarted. I think there's the yeah. rumored Donkey Kong three D game mm. that's potentially floating around as well. Um, but it, it starts being one of those things where because of the age of the Switch now, are they waiting for a Switch 2? Yeah, um, that
0: was going to be my question is whether we think it's going to be like, is hardware going to be the next big reveal that we get from Nintendo mm. in the hopefully not too distant future?
1: 2023 maybe, maybe. could be an exciting year for handheld gaming, perhaps. I've got yeah. start.
3: two questions. I should got three questions. One's a quick stool sidebar. So James, when you say you don't buy plastic crap, is there anything that you would buy a collector's edition for? Uh
2: yeah. Well, okay. So Elden Ring was the closest I got. I got like the mid tier collector's edition. So it had like the art book and the the metal case and whatnot. But I didn't get the one with the statue. Um but if they were to say like if it was like a Bloodborne two, probably. Okay. Um the, the Resident Evil Four one definitely almost got me as well. Um oh, six
3: hundred bucks, bro. Eg- exactly, exactly. Too much. And it's like four hundred dollars in the US, so th- like the conversion or something like that, like doesn't even work out. No yeah, out.
2: plus I'm not a level five member at EB Games, so no, sorry, already it, gated it, out. <laughs>
3: the um, the conversion from the US pricing to Australia was yeah. like four hundred and fifty or something like that. Oh, yeah, right, it's, it's fine. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Second question. What? And this is a genuine question, not a. I'm not. I'm not. Don't have the the hook, and I'm and I'm baiting you, but. What is it that people love about the Zelda games? Or let's say the Breath of the Wild and potentially this one. Is it, is it like a certain thing? Like, I don't know, what's a good like? So like The Last of you love that game because of the story of the characters and stuff like that. Is there something about the, this two games potentially that mm. people, like, want to play it for? Or is it just kind of everything? Like, does Zelda have a big story? Like, I, don't, I mean, I've... No, I've no, idea. no, 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 no. Okay. No.
1: The, these games aren't notable for their stories or plots at all. So what
3: is it then? For,
1: well, for me, because I could see James having a deep ponder and mine definitely is nowhere near as deep. Because I've thought of this before. Like, I've definitely thought on this, particularly because I'd rank Breath of the Wild as probably my favourite game of all time. Like, that's probably where it sits on the rankings at the moment. For me, it's just that it's the fact that the game consciously it's almost like a conversation between you and the developer team constantly challenges your expectations of what exploration can or should and can be in a video game exploration what do you what do you put that down to looting some you know looting some boxes for some items you know exploring a cave behind a waterfall all of that the the design team here they know all of those tips and tricks and they just turn them on their head at any moment if you walk five minutes in any direction in breath of the wild You're gonna come across something that is like fundamentally noteworthy and you're surprised to see it. That's the kind that's why I value it so much. I never Mm -hmm. know what to expect or what's around the corner. So I'm constantly surprised.
3: James, do you have a different answer? Mm.
2: Um well I was sort of thinking about it in terms of like a broader Zelda perspective, right? Because I do think that the game's individually, up until Breath of the Wild, which I think has some genuinely stellar mechanics. I think individual games don't have, like, you know, they don't have the best 3D action combat. They don't have the best puzzles in the world. Um, they, I don't think they do anything particularly incredibly well. But the the holistic view of Zelda, right, the, the world that it builds, the vibe that it builds, there's a warmth to it in the same way that I think Ghibli activates people in, in that particular way as well. Um, it's, it's a fantasy world that you sort of want to, inhabit um and on top of that each individual game for the most part genuinely attempts something new and and fresh and so you don't feel like you are playing so it, it's iterations It's it's not just straight sequels, right? Um, and so Breath of the Wild obviously being the big open world one, I think it, it made headlines at the time, right? That that was Nintendo doing an open world for the first time effectively. And you add on top of that the physics stuff, the the puzzles that Nathan's talking about, the kind of like the puzzle that is the world itself. But even looking back, you know, Majora's Mask had its weird time mechanic thing. Legend uh, Ocarina of Time was uh, famous because it was that jump to 3D at the time as well. Um, Wind Waker with its let's flood the world and make it look like a Saturday morning cartoon at the same time, you know, like they are games that are willing to take real Risks every time that they come out. For the most part, Minish Cap is another good example of it, right? Where they, they gave the keys to somebody else and they made like a, a strange little game where you change size based on the hat that you're wearing. You know, it's there's a a, a sincerely quirky element I think to to Zelda that makes them um, just broadly appealing. I think they've got that family value entertainment, but they also just speak to individual players who are looking for a just a fun, approachable adventure.
3: Okay.
1: I really enjoyed hearing that, like off the cuff. Thanks, James. Oh, are you're, you're welcome.
3: Expecting a massive leap from Breath of the Wild to Tears of the Kingdom? Nah. Okay. I, I'm I'm personally
2: not. Um, I I think that the limitations of the Switch being what they are, you you're gonna get the game you're gonna get. Um, I I think that. What I'm most excited about with the uh, Tears of the Kingdom is the, like I said, that that creativity that they bring to every game. Like, so you've got you've got the bones of Breath of the Wild. This is again a very rare for them to do a direct sequel. Um, so, like Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time were another example of them doing sort of a back to back development cycle and and uh, engine and world. Um, and to see them doing it again here. What happened with Majora's Mask, you know, it was darker. It added weird mechanics that they were able to get freaky with it. Um, And if all the Tears of the Kingdom is, is them getting a little freaky with the Tears of the Breath of the Wild engine, that's enough already for me. Um, It's just a matter of how far they're willing to take that, I think.
3: Okay. And the last question is, uh, when's the last time Nintendo's done a new IP?
1: Splatoon. Oh, Really? That was, that was, that's a, that, like, that's one of their flagship, oh, what like, about latest Arms? flagship IP. What about one? Yeah, what? well, Arms. where'd that one go? So, <laughs> is there a should...
0: sequel coming to ARMS or did I, it, did I, 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 I like fucking eat, hope so. eat a really hot chili and just fucking imagine <laughs> <That's>
1: that? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it only exists within, within Smash Bros now, right?
3: That's a bummer. So, Splatoon is the last IP they've done. Possibly. Let's out? do some research.
1: Splatoon came out on the Wii U like 2010.
3: That's a bit fucked, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not. <laughs> a... <laughs>
0: the man's not wrong. They, they iterate, work, you know. They work they doing... smart,
1: not hard, baby.
3: Yeah. Um. Keep cashing yeah. those checks,
1: you know. <laughs> I, it, we can't. The, we're aware of it, aren't we? <laughs> like it's just that <laughs> unspoken thing. Like 2015. Yeah, yeah, right.
3: That's not that long. i only eight years. But ma- Is Nintendo, that when Splatoon
0: came out. Surely it was longer than that. Oh. Nah.
3: nah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Nah, doesn't sure, bro. I, does I don't it all the time. It says I'm just keep it f- factual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 2015. Fair, fair.
3: That's okay, so that's a bit better, but still like eight years. I mean, you know, PlayStation's what, they've done what, three?
0: But Nintendo will do this weird thing so where many they'll cinematic action games. Yeah. Where they'll innovate in some really massive, cool way and then they'll ride that off. Ride off ride off on mm-hmm. that for like yeah, like eight or ten years. A like
1: generation. <laughs> well yeah, yeah.
0: Like they yeah. release the Wii and the whole motion control thing. Took Mm -hmm. the fuck off And then they just Stayed on that for forever Then they brought out The Wii U And it was a piece of shit But like You you get get, the idea You got
1: Super Mario Galaxy Stop complaining
3: (laughs) But don't you kind of Get sick of that Don't you get sick of Playing the same characters Over and over again I mean yeah I mean you you enjoyed God of War right Me Yeah Played like 90 minutes of it
2: Okay But like it's, It's sort of the same thing Right like You don't really question it When it's Adult franchises That haven't really Iterated or changed All that much
3: Yeah, no, well, no. So you're talking about one specific, I'm talking about general. Well,
2: yes, but also, like, I feel like one of my biggest issues with with the God of War and and the Ragnarok of it all is that, like, it's just reflective of a bunch of different other IPs, right? Is that, like, it is very much of a piece with the the popular gaming sort of um, zeitgeist mentality, right? Third-person action game, limited exploration, or semi-serious story about a, a father. Like, it is... It's a game game, right? <laughs> and look, it's certainly fine if people enjoy that. That's that's not the problem, right? But I, I think that if we only dog on Nintendo for not iterating, but not the wider sort of gaming development scene that we've seen from the, the more prestige titles, um, I think that's a bit of a double standard. And I, there are genuine problems with Nintendo we could get into. Like I have some real beef with that company, but this specific instance, uh, I think them resting on their laurels is makes them no different from everybody else.
3: No, no, but I think... Uh... About like the different the like the new ips that like let's say playstation have have done Mm. Um, you like you got like you know the orders like one you know then you got days Gone. you got ghost of Tsushima. you got death stranding
1: Um, i guess to answer your original question like do i get bored with you know effectively these established franchises being you know recycled in and out for decades i kind of like i kind of do like i come and go like i never stick with a franchise i come and go over the decades
3: like, I'm fine with them doing that, but I feel like at least, you know, I'm comparing them to, like, PlayStation, but at least they're doing mm. other things here and there. Like, it's not just. So so Uncharted. you're talking about
2: then, like, them, it, like, you know, uh, Death Stranding is a good example, their, right? Where yeah, it's like.
3: Complementing their roster with new stuff. Yeah, like their, their core roster.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I mean, like, then you've got things like Bayonetta, Xenoblade Chronicles. Like, they are Ooh, expanding still, out.
3: Yeah. I know, but I'm talking about something new. Like a new title, not a sequel. Right. Well, I wonder
1: if that's going to be because sometimes when they launch a new hardware platform, Nintendo will just d- drop a new IP.
0: Like Wii Sports Man, new new yeah, fuck yeah! So,
1: Let's go. Look, I, th- I think Zach, yeah, you, there's probably something around the corner. I'll be surprised if there isn't like some kind of slew of big IP, like big announcements at some point this year.
3: I oh, know. Um, I just feel like I don't, I don't hear about anything new from Nintendo in. It's just the same. Well, because because you kind of have it. yeah, no. well, that, and that's what I mean. Then, like, we look at we look at, at Xbox, and you got like Pentiment, right? And you got Avowed, and you got what's the other one they're working on?
1: There's the devaluing one there, of games.
3: What? Oh, Starfield, Redfall,
1: Like Starfield. What's
3: yeah, but I mean that's again?
2: like they bought Bethesda. Those aren't yeah, Xbox. No, but okay, okay, like but you IP. know what I mean. Though. Like you know,
3: but I'm, yeah, that's what you get when you buy it, mate. You get to use it in the uh, conversation gets get wield it
2: wielded in an argument. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, like I, I do I take mean. your point. Like so it's, you have like
3: yeah. a halo and you, and you still get your forces and you probably still get your gears and you probably still get your value at 1395 a month. But, um, <laughs> at least they're giving like new games, like every now and again, like they're still doing different things, like new things. I think unknown.
0: Nintendo mm. tends to just, they they'll make new and different games, but they'll just slap the same old mascot on it as well like Super Mario mm-hmm. Odyssey for instance yeah. is kind of different in the like it was it's it stands out in the the platforming genre but it's still a fucking Mario game at the end of the day isn't it like they'll mm-hmm. they'll branch out well, ever like so Kings slightly Battle. yeah exactly they'll branch just out do, but yeah. they won't branch out far enough to make it a new IP they'll put an existing IP into a different setting so they they mm-hmm. try to but they just They don't want to be too committed because nostalgia sells so well for them because that's kind of their whole fucking business model. Yeah,
1: that's it. Yeah, it's a nuanced view of it.
3: Do you reckon that's one of the main reasons?
1: Is that taking
3: like a new IP is too risky?
0: Probably. Well, I genuinely think nostalgia is their 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 biggest selling prospect. Their model, like Mm -hmm. that, it genuinely is like they they have they
2: the disney it yeah you know?
0: exactly yeah exactly they've got all of these ips from like 30 years ago that people remember well not even as kids like their kids remember the, you know it's like a generational thing now of marios so ingrained mm. in just like pop culture like you can't just be like all right we'll put mario to the side for 3 years and we'll focus on new yeah. things like it's you just too
1: ubiquitous now you
0: can't do that at this point point. and so yeah I, I i yeah i think that would come up in every decision they they have made for mm. the last 15, 20 years.
3: <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, speaking of Microsoft, let's go to the news and talk. About cannibalism. Talk about cannibalism. Talk about. Yum, yum. Eating. Uh, Lip smacking. It's either
1: a very nose. layered or very lazy uh, segue there.
3: Yeah, it's very
1: lazy, Tori. <laughs> it can I was, be both, mate. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> yeah. prepared, mate. Um, Microsoft that one. Eat, Cannibalizing all the other. No? Sorry, did okay.
3: you put the no, the links not in? The, the, that's why I can't find it. That's why. So let's can we just jump to the Slack. So there's a there was an article here on Gamebiz Game, game Industry uh, The headline is Microsoft confirms Game Pass cannibalizes sales. So Xbox maker tells UK CMA, which I can't remember what that stands for, uh, the Competition and Market Authority, that it, ex- it it expects titles to see a decline in base game sales for at least a year following inclusion into subscription service. Um, so yeah, so this is sort of in relation to the Activision Blizzard acquisition, and they kind of said uh, it says here in this article that Microsoft submitted. Um, that its, inter- that, that its internal analysis shows a redacted percentage decline in base game sales 12 months following the, their addition on Game Pass. Uh, the, that confirmation runs counter to what Big Philly Spencer said in 2018, that Game Pass boosts sales rather than undermines them. When you put, he says, when you put a game like Forza Horizon 4 on Game Pass, you instantly have more players of the game, which is actually leading to more sales of the game, Spencer said. You you say, well, isn't everyone just going to subscribe for ten bucks and go play this thing? But no, gamers find things to play based on what everyone else is playing. Turns out, Philly, he was wrong again. That
0: that dumb shit quote aside, because I don't think anyone with half a brain would believe him when he <laughs> said that. It's a lovely headline, but I don't like. Did, is it? Does is this surprising to anyone?
3: No, I think we've been saying no. this for for a while now.
0: Well, I think it's, you know, it's about
2: like how much cynicism you approach Microsoft with. Right. And I think that there are a lot of people out there who have genuine goodwill towards Microsoft. And so I, I wonder if that's why this headline is, is sort of geared the way that it is, because for those people, I imagine this would be a bit of a like, Oh, no way.
0: No, look, that's, that's true. Uh, cause it, it definitely, and we've talked about it at length before about, xboxes like the perception is that they're the good guys and that they're for the consumer so no i think you're right it probably for for us who you know we read gaming related news headlines day in day out we're you know pretty ingrained in it at, at this point it maybe it probably does come as a, a shock to some people to to think that there is a negative side to game pass so yeah that's that is really true
3: and i think you got any thoughts on Cannibalism. <laughs>
1: dead Dead Two is looking pretty good.
3: All right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably not much more that we can say that we haven't said before about this. Uh, I mean, I've always been of the opinion that Game Pass devalues games, and this is this is the exact reason why uh, people get in this mindset that you know a game is only worth a subscription rather than actually going out and paying money f- for that product alone and which is why as much as people probably don't like it, but I really like that PlayStation is stuck to its guns and made its um, first party games. You know, you've got to buy them. Price, you know, price is a different thing, but uh, yeah, I kind of like how they've done that. James, I want to know, is your Mr. Capitalism? How do you feel about that? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm
2: conflicted about PlayStation's approach at the moment because, like, they are charging out the arse for that service that they're they're offering. Um,
3: and the PS Plus. I think
2: you mean? to sorry.
3: The PS Plus, you mean?
2: Yeah. 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 So that that top tier of it. up into that. Yeah. Um. The. It's one of those things where, like, I, I would I would respect PlayStation more if they said, you know, you, you're going to pay us a bit of money every month or every three months, whatever it is, and like we will give you our first party games. But if you want indie games, if you want third party stuff, you you buy that on our platform, right? I, I think that would be better for those parties because Sony can probably wear the the cost of one copy of The Last of Us Part One going to someone, right? Like, I, I don't think that's the end of the world if given how much you are paying them per three months, right? Um, yeah.
3: Okay. Okay, let's move on. Speaking of deadline Two, thanks, thank you, Nathan, for that segue. Uh, it has it has gone gold, and it is now releasing on April twenty one instead of April twenty eight. So, uh, Dan Buster Studios and Deep Deep Silver have today on the Tuesday, the Valentine's Day, announced that uh, yeah, it's gone gold, new beauty, and one week earlier on April twenty one. Very exciting. Um, WWE two K twenty three. Has the, the sorry, the full roster is being released with over 100 wrestlers playable at launch. Is that that's massive?
0: Yeah, it's it is pretty huge. And going through because what they tend to do is release the same or they they include the same character, but like Macho Man from 1888, Macho Man from 1889. But I I did have a, a good look through the, the roster, and there are a shitload of wrestlers, and they're like the vast majority of them are unique as well. So it's a, it's Al a pretty, Hey, eh?
3: Is Al Snow there?
0: No, no Al Snow, mate. I'm so sorry. Maybe DLC. I'll keep you, I'll keep you in the loop. eh? how's Landstorm? that? No Lance. Oh, I don't think, I don't think you can have much. No, nah, no Lance Storm. I'm so sorry.
1: What What are these picks? Mm.
0: They're, they're interesting ones. He likes the <laughs> boring as fuck characters. Um, but no, it's a it's a really exciting looking <laughs> roster.
3: Fucking all right, it says you know Y two J, you know number one. He's an AW. Is he, is he boring?
0: Nah, he's not in the game either. Sorry.
3: Yeah, I know he's not in the game, mate. What about uh, last one? Do they include dead characters? Yes. Okay. Test.
0: <laughs> no test hasn't been in a WWE <laughs> game in fucking ages.
1: What are these pigs? He has got <laughs> he has got
0: the best big boot in the business,
3: though. Rest in peace. He does, isn't he? He's a big unit. He uh, was, was. Rip. It was, yeah. Shout out. Beautiful. Um, so, Pacific Drive, uh, they've announced, sorry, they've released a gameplay trailer that shows off its car-based survival game. Adam, you've watched this. Take it away. I have. Give the looks, seat, baby.
0: It looks fucking cool. So, it's like a... Um, it was announced back in September, I think, when the, the, it was one of the, the State of Plays. Um, and it's like a, a roguelike survival game, but it takes place almost exclusively in an old beat-up station wagon that you do up to, to kind of survive this. It's called the, the Olympic Exclusion Zone, where anomalies are happening and crazy weather events. So you do different runs to collect resources to beef up your, your family mover. And get better at surviving. And you there are little bits and pieces where you're shown getting out of the car and fixing it up or collecting resources, but you're really vulnerable. So it's it's uh yeah, it's kind of like a base on wheels that you upgrade and strengthen throughout each each run. The game looks really fucking cool. I'm I'm very excited to give it a crack.
3: Mm, yeah, I thought this game was coming to VR for some reason. So but, what, uh, as
0: soon as this gameplay trailer dropped, I messaged you and was like, How is this not? In VR, so mm. I'm I'm hoping that eventually it will come to VR because it seems tailor made for for that.
3: Uh, and the last little bit of news here we've got is Overwatch 2's dating sim is live, and Ash Whaling has a review. Sorry, has a guide up on the website, which tells you how to get the untouched. What is it? Uh, oh, sorry, that's the that's the news piece. Sorry, the sorry the secret ending.
0: Get your rocks Sorry. off with Genji.
3: That's it, mate. I don't need the game for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rule thirty-four. <34? Yeah. laughs>
3: All righty, uh, let's hit the uh, let's hit the off topics, shall we? I think we already have, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's, well, that's how you right. do a transition. Yeah, damn <laughs> right.
1: Wonderful. Jesus.
3: Who's got anything to they want to share for off topics? Movies
1: of the week. What have you seen, Adam?
0: Oh, fuck all, mate. Um, I'm booking tickets to do a double feature for Scream 5 and 6 when when the, the new one releases, though. Very keen for that. Because yes. 5 was a bit of a banger, and I'm keen for 6. So we're going to
1: mm-hmm.
0: go and. Oh, for fuck's sake, do, does everyone here hate Scream
2: 5? I liked
1: 5. I liked it.
0: That was the the most recent one,
2: right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, one with yeah. all the the one that wears all of its dialogue very far down its sleeve. Yeah, all, um, all
2: the all the Reddit shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I had yeah, fun cool. with it. I thought it was very self aware. Yeah, I mean,
2: it, it was a movie. Yeah,
1: <laughs> sounds <laughs> like a fun time
3: again, mate. That's,
0: That's I'm sorry. Like, no. I don't like things
1: anymore. James is a divisive personality. He is. Look,
3: at least he hates your films and not your writing, so that's (laughs) (laughs) it. That's it.
1: All right. You'll recover from one easier than the other, yeah. Uh, Nathan. Yeah, I've watched a couple of things. Film-wise, we're coming back around to Skin Rink. This is the third time it's featured on this part of the podcast in as many weeks. Um, it's a, <sighs> yeah, it's a, it's a film, it's like, like James said, I'm pretty much kind of recapping here. You got some, a couple of kids, uh, in a house, the windows and walls and doors start disappearing and there's just this kind of encroaching sense of isolation, uh, that sort of entraps them in this home and it kind of, I guess, plays on some psychological levels of child fears and... Being in the dark, you know, it's pretty much all set during the evening times and the sense of time becomes very distorted. It plays on some pretty trippy shit, but my issue was I got a little bit bored and once the boredom sets in, the spell breaks. It's a very fickle spell that it casts, in my opinion. A a good one, don't get me wrong. But maybe I was in the wrong mood, I wasn't comfortable. maybe I got up to go to the toilet, but it's such a fickle envi- like atmospheric film that the moment you get taken out of it, you can't really get back in in my experience. So I was a bit bummed about that. Like, but by the second half of the film, exciting shit was happening, and I wasn't really on board with it. It's a very subtle film. It relies on a lot of subtleties, and I just got taken out of the experience by my own impatience, I think. So, not a criticism of the film per se, although it could have probably done with some slightly tinier editing earlier on. It just sort of shows a lot of walls. There's just a lot of shots of walls. It loves um, that nightlight. Yeah, or a nightlight. Like, I'm just talking like the most mundane shots of a fucking wall. There's not, nothing in there, it's just kind of off kilter. It's a wall. And that'll make up... that. That's probably like 15 minutes of the film's runtime. is... Whoa. Uh, but it's a low-budget film. And I think it's effective, as long as you don't get bored.
3: Yeah, right. Very nice. I haven't watched anything, so I'm...
1: Ah, oh, disappointing.
3: Disappointing indeed, but I do have... 90s film of the week. So James, I need the uh, need to roll that uh, intro.
2: Uh, Jordan can do it again.
3: <laughs> he probably uh, won't even listen this far. <laughs> Doesn't
2: he edit the show?
3: Yeah, but does he um, actually listen to every single thing? Who knows? I guess uh, we'll find out. Let uh, us know if there's an uh, yeah, intro look, to yeah, the let's we'll the find out.
2: Yeah, <laughs> da, 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 90s film of the w- 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 week. Spoiler. I kind of wanted to
3: talk about this film for a while, but I thought, eh, do I, do I, do I talk about it? I'm going to talk
1: about. It. Oh fuck! He's bringing out shameless list. Let's go. <laughs> Close. Uh,
3: cruel Intentions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, I just hey. Okay. Good. Here's something that probably uh, won't well surprise played, you. Mate.
3: Here's something that won't surprise you.
1: Um, this is how you had your sexual awakening. Huh? <sighs> mate, I was. Well, I'm truly off to the races by then.
3: Um, I'm a big Ryan Philippi fan.
2: That is surprising.
3: Just, I just like him, just like his stuff, like him in shooter, you know, a bloke show
1: shooting people, you know. It's in the title.
3: Um, no, I just, yeah, I, um, like Ryan Philippi, and I think, yeah, this is a, I mean, back when I haven't watched it for a number of years now, but, uh, Back in the day was alright. It was alright. Right. Nice little bratty, bratty, teen drama. So it was scandalous that. at the time. It was a little bit scandalous. 54% on rotten tomatoes. I know that James doesn't like fruit, but um, it's on there. But the <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: what? <What's laughs> He's so divisive. Just calm down, man.
3: Uh, so the little synopsis here, if you've never heard of Cool Intentions, it's got Catherine Zeta, not doesn't have Catherine Zeta Jones, the name of the <laughs> character is Catherine, sorry. It, uh, it's got Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, Reese Witherspoon and Ryan Philippi and someone else. But uh, the little synopsis is Catherine makes a bet with her stepbrother, Sebastian, to sleep <laughs> with the headmaster's daughter named Annette. Classic. Uh, however, in an unexpected turn of events, Sebastian really falls in love with Annette. Wow. What a love triangle. Um, so there you go. There you
1: go. And Have you ever seen... I'll oh, go on.
3: Oh, it's Tom Prime. I've seen two, yeah, and three, but uh, that's not...
1: Have you ever seen... I think it's pronounced Le Cousin de What <laughs> the fuck was <laughs> that? I knew James Wood.
2: <laughs> I didn't realise that was a real movie. <laughs> it's not.
0: Oh, good. <laughs> Oh yeah. Ging you know stuff. what's going on, Zach?
1: I'm lost. You made, you made an Arrested Development reference way earlier on about some vibe. You got a vibe stew cooking or something. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, sure. I did. That was, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Nathan.
2: Good, good work.
1: <laughs> right. Zach's not impressed. No,
3: no. Though I did actually, <laughs> I did watch, um, very quickly. I did watch Will Ferrell on the hot ones. Um, well, I was eating oh, it's Adam's favourite show. One. I like hot one. ones. It's a good show, mate.
0: Brian Cranston Who just doesn't did, like hot ones. It's uh, good shit. He did a second one, which was really good. And Lenny Kravitz, but he one? can eat a fat one.
1: Hey, do we not like Lenny Kravitz? Nah, he's a bit of a dickhead. Is he? Oh, I only listen <laughs> to his music. I mean, not really? not these days, but I liked it back in the day. Yeah, I liked it. Plus, he, he you know he he makes good spawn.
3: True yeah yeah right um, <laughs> who's your who's your favorite hot ones fuck me uh <laughs>
2: <coughs>
3: sorry just having a hot one over here <laughs> just.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh no, um, John Bernthal is my favorite Hot Ones episode
3: Yeah, right, I, I did see I that I was like, I've got to check that
1: one out
0: His was really James. good And um, Colin Colin Farrell's was excellent as well oh, yeah, His was I really, seen, really, I really good I
1: haven't seen that, but I really want to watch that one too I rated Guy Fieri
0: Guy Fieri's was surprisingly good, yeah He,
1: he didn't touch his drink Nah He's very proud of that I mean, was Just didn't break a sweat Was nothing. he
0: wearing his fire shirt? Yeah, I right. can't remember
1: What was he? That's a question Mm. Lost opportunity. Jam-
3: James, how about you?
2: um I haven't seen enough of it to have a favorite. Yeah. I just kind of I watch them whenever they crop up in my my algorithm. Sure. Um,
3: yeah, I'm a sucker, but I just I really enjoyed Gordon Ramsay's one. Ah, uh,
0: yeah, classic, absolute classic. What a character! That is a good one.
3: Yep, I don't mind Gordon.
0: Ah, you guys are right. You guys are
3: right. You guys are right. <laughs> James is like, oh, I ain't fucking surprised by that. <laughs> no. No, I also like Gordon Ramsay. It was
0: it was a nice moment. I was like, yeah,
3: Zach. Yeah. Oh, nice. Maybe we can yeah. bond over Nightmare <laughs> Kitchens. Does he still make that? Fuck, I, I watched that on TV. Like, it was on somewhere. Actually, it was on in my house um, like, the other week. And I was like, this is a funny show, man. Like, you may just be roasted in your own fucking kitchen by Gordon Ramsay nonstop <laughs> on TV. <laughs> Truly can't. No. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Let's um let's wrap it up there, shall we? Thank we you for watch some TV to in my house. <laughs> All right, come on. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast. <laughs> if you want to check out the content, you go to ww.welllifeandplayed.com.au. Yeah, Mark will have a Matt LeBlanc review up. James has got Wild Hearts and Nathan has got Like a Dragon. Inshan ishin ishin.
1: It's gonna be inching its way well into the site this week. Hey, <laughs> solid. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh fuck you, <yeah>. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Fair <laughs> well.